guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. I'm Allie. And I'm Erica. And today we have a very special guest, Dr. Darren Clare, on this episode. Dr. Clare has been practicing medicine in the Los Angeles area for over 30 years and has helped thousands of patients improve and maintain their overall health and vitality. Dr. Clare is a graduate of Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons and completed his postgraduate work at UCLA Hospital. He is a board-certified anesthesiologist, and in 2003, he opened Vibrance Medical Group in order to pursue his passion for helping people to use their body's own natural curative powers to heal their ailments and stay healthy. Vibrance Medical Group, located in Westlake Village, California, takes a well-rounded approach to living and feeling your best and examines everything from heart health, stress, hormones, detox, sleep, vitamins, weight loss, and rejuvenation to determine and create proactive plans to reach patients' short-term and long-term goals, oftentimes including treating chronic illness. In 2017, Dr. Claire became one of only 300 doctors to have earned the title of Certified Lifestyle Physician with the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. Welcome to our show, Dr. Claire. Thank you for joining us. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. (laughs) My pleasure. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and when and why the shift came for you in your professional career to transition from working in anesthesiology to a more integrative, preventative approach to health and medicine? Oh, well, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you can give us uh, it, was, uh, it was a gradual uh, transition. Actually, uh, transition and then transition back. So, mm. uh, so basically, I went into medicine... Um, actually, I went into medicine because I took a year off from Princeton, was traveling around the world with a backpack, and I thought, wow, this is really a lot of fun. I'd really like to come back and get to know these people on even a more, you know, better level than I could know them as a tourist. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, if I became a doctor, then I could be working with them, and then I could really get to know them and spend a lot of quality time. So that's why I went into medicine. Uh, and then, of course, things never turn out the way you expect. But, but nonetheless, the idea was always, uh, my interest has always been in terms of prevention mm-hmm. um, as opposed to treating illness. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like the, I don't know if they still do it, but the Chinese model of, you know, you pay your doctor to keep you healthy. And if you get sick, you stop paying him, <laughs> uh, which to me makes a lot of sense. I mean, really, what are we trying to reward here? You know, but anyway, um, and my, my, you know, even even just it's just sort of my personality has always been, uh, you know, in terms of sports, 
I've always preferred to play defense rather than offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I never wanted to be the glory quarterback. I mm-hmm. wanted to be the guy who's intercepted the pass, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's kind of me. But uh, anyway, I, I wanted to go into medicine and do prevention. I wanted to do family practice, mm-hmm. which I thought at the time would be, uh, again, the place where I could have this uh, more in-depth conversation with people and really get to know them, whether here or anywhere in the world. Yeah. But I've, uh, after graduating from Columbia Medical School, I, I went to UCLA for family practice and very quickly found out that really family practice was just being a glorified pharmacist. Mm. Uh, you know, basically, at that point at least, which was back now, back in the 80s, <laughs> dating myself, um, you know, people would listen to my little spiel about <laughs> taking better care of themselves, and they'd, it's like, okay, that's great. Now, can I have my prescription, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, no, I don't want to do this. This is this is not my idea. So um, I didn't know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at that point, but I didn't want to do that. And so I just decided, you know, I really liked the uh, anesthesiology professor's that I had at Columbia. I liked the way they thought. Uh, I like, really liked that there's a lot of science in, in anesthesiology, which I always really enjoy in physiology. Mm. And so I said, what the heck, I'll try that. Mm. Uh, so I went back, did my residency in anesthesia and was doing that for a long time. Uh, and, you know, it, it worked out really well. I had small children, so I was able to spend a lot of t- quality time with them, mm-hmm. uh, which was fantastic. Um, but I, it was never really my passion, you know. I mean, I remember on many occasions thinking to myself in the middle of a surgery, you know, if this person had just eaten the way they were supposed to eat, we wouldn't be doing this surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on just you know yeah. endless examples like that. Uh, and so, but, you know, it was still the way I was making a living one <clears throat> What happened was I had, over a very short period of time, a number of patients, like three or four patients, as I was rolling them into the operating room on the gurney, look up from the gurney and say to me, Dr. Claire, you know, I've been reading a lot about growth hormone. Do you think I should take it? And, of course, being like many doctors, unfortunately, my first response was, because I didn't know anything about it, no, I don't think you should do that. Mm. (laughs) So, uh, but then when this happened on more than one occasion, I I said to myself, you know what, maybe you're supposed to actually, you know, do a little reading on this and and Mm. become informed rather than talking through your hat. Uh, So I did. And I started doing research on growth hormone and became very convinced that, yeah, you know, if you're you know, 40s and 50s and beyond, and your level has declined a lot, which it generally does with everybody, It's you should seriously consider being on growth hormone. It's a very important hormone. Uh, and through that research, I found out about this FDA-approved study of growth hormone as an anti-aging agent that was, uh, was being conducted, and I contacted the head uh, investigator and became a co-investigator and started prescribing growth hormone to people. Uh, and lo and behold... They loved it, and they were getting phenomenal, you know, health benefits. Mm. And anyway, through that, you know, they were then saying, okay, this is great, Dr. Claire. What else can we do? Mm. So I started 
you know, talking to them about nutrition, talking to them about exercise, you know, talking about uh, just improving their lifestyle, basically, uh, as a ways to optimize their health. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of just started uh, evolving into what I named Vibrance Medical Group, which I started in 2003. And um, <clears throat> for the last 15 years now, I've been, you know, focusing a lot of my time on helping people stay healthy, whether it's through, you know, hormones like growth hormone or other means. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, like I say, it's, uh, as you were saying, it's, you know, we're all uh, learning new things and growing and whatnot. And I have continued to learn and grow as mm-hmm. I've, you know, been spending time in this field. I've developed new programs mm-hmm. uh, to support uh, people's health and that, culminated in, in my being one of the first people to be board certified in lifestyle medicine, mm. which is a new specialty, yeah. uh, like internal medicine or dermatology or surgery. There's lifestyle medicine. Is there, can you give us a little definition of what it means to be a certified lifestyle medicine practitioner? Yeah. It means to be uh, somebody that nobody knows anything about. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically the idea is, uh, our approach is First and foremost, use natural lifestyle, you know, uh, methods, lifestyle uh, modification methods Mm -hmm. to try and help the person stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if they're if they're now have health issues, to use them first and foremost as a way uh, of treatment Mm -hmm. for their health issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's so many studies Mm -hmm. showing that just using lifestyle alone, mm-hmm. um, in other words, eating the way we're designed to eat, you know, getting some regular exercise, getting enough sleep, you know, managing our stress, mm-hmm. um, you know, those simple things, having connections with people and, uh, you know, ideally with some sort of universal being greater than ourselves, mm-hmm. um, all has tremendous healing abilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, and th- there's no adverse effects. Mm. What a concept, right? Right. Um, no side effects. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, and, and it's it's really it, it really uh, you know hit home with me because I really do believe from all my readings and studies that we are actually perfectly designed, mm-hmm. and we get sick when we deviate from the plan. Mm. You know, we were designed for a lifestyle and a world that existed a million years ago. That's when most of our evolution was going on. I mean, we're still evolving, but evolution occurs on such a slow, you know, uh, time frame that most of our evolution occurred back then. And the way evolution works, a lot of people don't appreciate this. The way evolution works is we were designed for that life. It's not like some people think that we survived despite that life. Mm -hmm. The way evolution works is we were designed to fit perfectly into that environment. Mm -hmm. So we were designed to eat fresh food, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately after it's being picked. We were designed to be active. We were designed to get a lot of sleep. You know, Mm -hmm. think about it. Until very recently, until Edison came along. We went to sleep when the sun went down. Yeah. And we got up when the sun came up. Mm. So we were getting 8, 10, 12 hours of sleep. Mm. And that was normal. Yeah. And that's not just normal. That's 
how we function best. Mm. That is how we have the best health, mm. you know, um, as opposed to, you know, what we think of now, you know, sleep being just like a, you know, a luxury. <laughs> uh, well, a luxury or something that's annoying because you've got to do it. You know, yeah. you'd rather, much rather be up doing something, working or something silly like that. Uh, but also, you know, the idea of free time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, th- think about it. When we were evolving, life was much more like the gorillas in Africa yeah. today. I mean, basically... Life was pretty chill. You, mm. you sat around most of the time, you know, and ate berries or roots or, or yeah. whatever. You know, you weren't like, you know, on the freeway and mm. then at work and then right. running home to feed the kids. And, mm. you know, you sat around and you had time to just be, yeah. you know, you weren't you weren't defined by what you did. You were defined by who you were, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, that's actually a concept that keeps coming up, I feel like, in a lot of our episodes mm-hmm. where it's not like what you do is not who you are yeah you know like from a professional point of view we were talking Absolutely. about that yeah yeah but that it's just like an element of who you are yeah you know and to be just like a human being is enough it's it is well, enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do you coach people or work with people because i agree with everything you've said and i think that's why you know we're so ill as a society right now right yeah. it's because yeah. we're just running on empty eating food that isn't nourishing our bodies and then prescribing medication that we don't need to fix problems that, you know, maybe some sleep and some nutrient-rich food could heal. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm sure a lot of your patients come to you and work very intense jobs or have tons of kids. So it's like, how do you incorporate lifestyle, you know, medicine with, um, you know, the mm-hmm. stereotypical, we're in the greater Los Angeles area mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, people come to me because they're looking for something different. You yeah. know, they realize that the path we're all going down, <laughs> you know, the three, $3 trillion a year mm-hmm. plus that we spend on medical care, um, you know, which we call health care. It's not health care mm-hmm. at all. It's sick care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the $3 trillion we're spending is not working. I mean, we're not a healthy country we're not. by any you know stretch of the imagination. We are not winning the war on cancer. Mm-mm. You know, we are not winning the war on heart disease. Um, we are not winning the war on obesity and Mm-mm. everything else. We are we're falling you know behind by the day. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so so what I do is you know it's um, it's a lot of talking. Um, you know, it's not a matter of. You know, whipping in and five minute conversation, and mm-hmm. here's the test I want you to do, and I'll see you back in two weeks, and we'll I'll prescribe some medication. It's it's you know, for when I first meet with people, I generally talk with them for an hour, mm-hmm. uh, and we just go over their whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, how they got to where they are in terms of what their sleep looks like, mm-hmm. what they're eating, what they've been eating, what their health challenges are, uh, what their stress levels are, mm-hmm. what what are what is causing the stress. You know, what did they eat? Uh, how many meals a day? You mm-hmm. know, um, all those things. And, um, you know, based on those things, I will then, you know, uh, and what their biggest concerns are. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, as much as I want to help them be optimally healthy, and that's really what Vibrance is about. It's not mm-hmm. about treating sickness. Mm-hmm. It's about optimizing health. Yeah. Because health is not just the absence of sickness. Mm. Health is something right. much more. So 
but you know, people are, have been trained to come in when they're sick. And I, mm-hmm. I've, I am single-handedly trying to change yeah. <laughs> the paradigm where you actually go to the doctor because you look forward to it because he's going to help you feel even better than you already do. Yeah. Um, so it's a, make it a more positive experience. Uh, but, you know, based on what their issues are, so I want to make sure that I address those issues because mm-hmm. otherwise they're not likely to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I may order some tests, you know, uh, based on, you know, hormonal imbalances that I suspect or, you know, uh, stress, you know, stress testing. Um, not the, typical stress test that you would get from a cardiologist but there now is a testing called heart rate variability mm-hmm. testing which monitors your autonomic nervous system basically mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so we can see when people are under a lot of stress uh, if they're if their sleep is giving them enough recovery or not uh, we can see where the stresses are mm-hmm. um, you know what time in the day and then correlate the, that with what they were doing at that time of the day and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, we can see how their evening is their evening setting them up for quality sleep. And mm-hmm. So there's actually a lot of very advanced testing that we can do that's not the typical, you know, draw your blood and let's check your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Uh, that's, to me, you know, the biggest waste of time. Uh, bordering on the other lab tests which are typically done, which is looking at electrolytes and looking at uh, liver function tests. You know, having been an anesthesiologist now for 35 years, I can tell you mm. I've taken care of well over 30,000 patients. Mm. I can count on one hand the number of times those labs made any difference in terms of people going through major surgery. Okay, mm. So it's not going to affect you when you're having major surgery. Mm-hmm. What do you think the value is to the, to the people on a day-to-day basis? Mm. It's useless testing, by and large. Which yeah. is not to say that there isn't some good testing being done, like I say. But anyway, getting back, I'm sorry for digressing. <laughs> no, it's so no, interesting. But, yeah. but the, uh, the stre- so the stress testing is not the typical, mm. you know, let's see what uh, what your heart is in. Which is, I mean, is a reasonable test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you do a lot of work with growth hormone, which you had mentioned earlier. Can you explain for just like the lay listener who <laughs> what exactly that is, how it's used, and maybe the difference between that and like hormone replacement therapy? Is there a difference? Well, it is, you know, growth hormone is a hormone. So, yeah. so sometimes we do replace it or supplement it, mm-hmm. supplement growth hormone. Um, growth hormone is called growth hormone because the first role that was ever disco- uh, discovered for it was it plays a role in our growth in height prior to puberty. Oh, okay. Okay, subsequent to that study, though, there have been, oh, geez, well over, the last time I counted, well over 20,000, probably, who knows how many studies mm-hmm. now, on, on growth hormone and just looking at all its different mm-hmm. roles. And it actually is a very important hormone throughout our entire life. It really should be called repair hormone mm. because it is one of the major hormones by which our bodies repair itself, mm. which is part of why I think it's released when we go to sleep because that's when our bodies repair, right? Mm. Uh, but anyway, so it, it, it really... It, there, are, there are receptors for growth hormone on every cell of the body. That shows you how important it is. Wow. Um, and when people are low and everybody's levels declines with age... You know, by the time you're 40, typically your level has fallen by half from its prime. Mm. 
By the time you're 60, it's down to a quarter. By the time you're 80, it's down to, you know, an eighth or less. Mm. So as that, you know, decline happens, so does your body's ability to repair itself, which is, you know, a big part of why we fall apart and Mm. eventually, you know, die. Uh, So wanting to maintain those benefits of growth hormone, though, in terms of energy, in terms of memory, uh, keeping your immune system strong, it helps keep your bones strong, it's great for your skin. Um, like I said, it's great for the heart and, and mm-hmm. uh, cardiac output and um, exercise endurance and, um, you know, mm-hmm. basically, you name it, it helps everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody is truly low, uh, I think it's perfectly appropriate to bring them back to a healthier level, which is not to say a level that's typical for their age, mm-hmm. because we know that their levels has fallen tremendously. Yeah. Um, that approach, which seems to be very common these days, to me, seems sort of akin to telling a diabetic, well, you know, we're not going to give you any blood sugar, any any insulin because your blood sugar is high, because, you know, it's normal for insulin levels to decline with age, and mm. so you're you're a diabetic, but so what? So is everybody else. So mm. we're not going to give you any insulin. So good luck. It's like you know, it's a it doesn't make sense if mm. the levels have declined and it's affecting somebody's health and performance. To me, it makes sense yeah. to support it. Yeah. Um. So, so I do test people for growth hormone as you know one of the things I will routinely do. I, I don't prescribe it to everybody, but mm. if somebody's low. Uh, I certainly will recommend it. I do believe that it should be part of a more comprehensive program, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that people are getting enough sleep, yeah. making sure that their other hormones are balanced, making sure that they're eating properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in terms of that, uh, you know, you were, you were mentioning the, your interest in, in nutrition, and nutrition is probably the most important thing I talk to people about. Yeah. That so much of health, yeah. So yeah. much of health is just related to what we eat. Yeah. Um, and you know this idea of the Paleolithic diet, mm-hmm. um, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. However, I think there's a big misconception about mm-hmm. what the true Paleolithic diet mm-hmm. was. Yeah, that's again. interesting. I've seen that come up over and over again in things yeah. I've read. Yeah, so I mean, I get I get some people in my office who say they're doing you know a Paleolithic diet, mm-hmm. and they're eating like you know 150 grams of protein a day. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, nice try, but that's not the Paleo diet. Because well, they the, wouldn't have had access to, to that, that much, much protein. protein. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and they actually uh, studied fossilized poop, mm. uh, and from that they estimate that Paleolithic. Uh, man or woman actually ate on the order of a hundred grams of fiber mm. a day. Yeah, which so is it's a lot of vegetables. A lot of vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds. Mm-hmm. Not much meat. Mm-hmm. I think most. I mean, listen. You can find it. There's so much oversaturated sort of information in the nutrition, especially about diet now and, what and what's, eating. what's sort of like trendy at any given moment, but. For me, and this is completely like 
not based in, this is just my own research and my own like interest in it. But the, the doctors and the sort of nutritionists that I, I follow and that I like are really, you know, obviously there's going to be discrepancies here and there, but like everybody agrees that vegetables should be the majority of your diet, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then even if you do eat meat, which I was telling you earlier, mm-hmm. I actually started eating a little bit again mm-hmm. after I hadn't for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be like, I listen to Dr. Mark Hyman's podcast uh-huh. a lot. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, if you're going to have meat, it should be like a condiment or a side right. dish. Like it shouldn't, right. we put it as like the, the focus of the meal and it yeah. really no, isn't. Not, it, <laughs> it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. No. Shouldn't and, be. and you know, the interesting thing with, again, with diet and, and health and getting back to the, you mm-hmm. know, evolutionary uh, idea the interesting thing to me about the benefits of vegetables is comes right down to, again, uh, just to, to backtrack a little bit, this idea of mine that we are perfectly designed but for a different lifestyle, different world uh, compared to the world we are in now and the way we eat now. Um, the way genetics and genomics work which is generally not well appreciated. You know, a lot of people think genetics, oh, I've got that gene, that means, yeah. you know, I have, I'm going to get this disease. Mm-hmm, right. uh, that's not the way genomics works. You know, and perhaps you know this, but genomics is really about whether or not genes get turned on. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if a gene doesn't get turned on, it, it doesn't matter whether right. you have it if or you not. Have it. Yeah. And what the amazing thing is what turns on the genes that, that we want turned on is a healthy, yeah. paleolithic, like we've described it, diet. Mm-hmm. What turns off the bad genes, the ones that cause cancer and, and, and heart disease and everything else, is turning off those genes by eating the way we're supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... At you know, some points, I even wonder about the value of doing some of the testing that we do um, because it just seems to always come back to the idea is, you know what, forget about the testing. Just eat the way you're supposed mm-hmm. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> exercise the way you're mm-hmm. supposed to exercise. Yeah. You know, get enough sleep. You know, yeah. that's like the bottom line to everything. It's like regardless of where you are, if you want to get better, <laughs> Get back to the basics. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you guys at your practice help implement that with your patients? Because I think I don't know. Do you feel like that a lot of people um, have a hard time feel that that's a huge thing, like a yeah. huge shift in their food, life, especially yeah. like even through my own weight loss journey? I think food is still so emotional for me. It's okay. almost like a drug, right? If yeah. I'm if I'm sad or and you know obesity actually runs in my family, so. Um, food was always so emotional growing uh, up sure. and so reward driven. So uh-huh. food is still the hardest thing for me mm-hmm. to deal mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even being able to continue losing weight five years into my journey, food is so emotional. Yeah. You know, even though I read and I study and I want to go to school for nutrition, it still is such a battle personally. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, for sure. You know, because it is tied up with a lot of the nurturing that yeah. goes on with, yeah. you know, when we're young and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Um, well, yeah, so, I mean, I, I do think, well, a lot of what I do with my patients, the ones who are um, 
you know, just starting their journey, mm. so to speak. I say, look, you don't have to turn vegan tomorrow, okay? <laughs> but I want you to add a vegetable. Add one vegetable every day, okay? Yeah. So you're only eating, and it's amazing how many of my patients eat one or two vegetables and fruits a week. I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's it's like, what do you live on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think to myself. So I, I say, okay, you know what? Just start. <laughs> just one vegetable, yeah. okay? Just start. Just I love that your vegetable. prescription, though, is to add it. Like, I think that's a really important thing. That was a huge shift for me was when I started looking at... You know, I think it also comes from having sometimes a high-performance job mm-hmm. where, you know, when I was in Japan, I was doing 15 shows a week, and it was so intense. Mm-hmm. And it's wow. like, you when you shift into, like, that kind of requirement for your life, it starts to become, like, how do I feel myself? Like, what do I need, not what don't I need, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we focus in our culture so much on restriction. Yeah. And sometimes if you remove the restriction element and just say this is what i need yeah. yeah for my body to work for me yeah yeah then the mentality starts to shift a little bit about sure it. yeah so sure. i love that you're like add a add a vegetable <laughs> well you yes know, cut sugar well, you, what you say <laughs> what you say is really true i mean you know i have a i have a weight loss program i've always had a weight loss program mm. because let's face it that's the biggest health challenge the country, country is facing yeah, right absolutely. so I've always, I've always offered one uh, but for the last several years, I've been offering an HCG-based diet, which, you know, you hear a lot of bad news about it, uh, a lot of controversial stuff, but I can tell you, having had hundreds of patients mm-hmm. do it, it works, mm-hmm. and it targets fat, and mm-hmm. it's very healthy, uh, and it's effective. And one of the things I like the most about it is when you're on it, mm-hmm. and hopefully afterwards, you eat fruits and vegetables and lean protein. Mm-hmm. And... As a result of eating the way we're designed to eat, mm-hmm. which, as you probably both know, actually affects your whole system yeah. and affects your Everything. digestive system, it affects the bacteria in your gut, yeah. mm. which promotes healthy brain level uh, le- brain levels of the neurotransmitters and whatnot. Yes. People feel so good that even when they reach their goal weight, they want to repeat the program. Yeah. And I go, you don't need to do the program again. You just need to continue, continue to eat to this eat way. This way. Well, yeah. So they get it. They go, okay, now I, you know, and they don't say this all the time, but they, you can see that the, the light has gone on. They go, oh, wow. Mm. So what I eat really does affect how I feel. Yeah. And I can actually feel much better than I have for the last 20 years because yeah. I'm actually eating healthy food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the learning about the gut microbiome has changed my relationship with food more than anything actually because learning about like just all these bugs and bacteria that want to work for my body and like I'm such a nerd about it but they like want to heal me and they want to help me and so the more I've added you know fiber rich foods that they want fermented foods all of that stuff I um I not only feel better but um my really I'm probably the best in my relationship with food that I've ever been Mm. from learning Mm -hmm. about the gut which I heard is like so unstudied and so not really discussed. Well, it's, it's, it isn't uh, well understood. You know, I mean, it's a difficult topic. There's, you know, what do they estimate? A hundred thousand different strains of bacteria. Yeah. yeah. So your crazy. Gut. How are you going to figure out? <laughs> it's like the that's next frontier. That's like, like, it's like, like yeah, it's like the next uh, genome project, right? Or what? Yeah. The next, right. Yeah. They're like, that is going to be the gut. But what is that diet that you mentioned? What, what does it entail exactly for anyone listening? Oh, the HCG diet? Um, <clears throat> Well, HCG is human chorionic gonadotropin, mm-hmm. which is the hormone of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
is made by women who are pregnant. Otherwise, women don't make it. Men don't mm. make it at all. But both men and women can lose a lot of body fat, specifically, uh, by using it. And basically, mm. the idea is, it's HCG is uh, mother mother nature's one of mother nature's ways of protecting the mm. developing baby. Okay. So, due to HCG, when food is plentiful, women gain weight really easily. Mm. When food is scarce, the HCG in the face of what is a mm. famine mm. tells the woman's body, okay, break down your body fat mm. now to provide extra calories for you and for the baby. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you specifically target the fat because mm. the norm, the body's normal response to famine without the HCG is preferentially to break down muscle. Mm. Okay. And it does that for a couple of reasons, which makes perfect sense. One, by breaking down the muscle, you have the calories available from the breakdown of the muscle, right? But also, because muscles burn a lot of calories, if you have less muscle, you need less calories. Mm. So it's a way the body can balance what it's getting with what it needs. Our bodies are so smart. Oh, so That's smart. Crazy. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's beyond me how smart our body <laughs> yeah. is. Truly. I mean, certainly... You know, the universe, God, is is by far the best doctor mm. that's ever, you know, well, the best <laughs> doctor, period. But, um, so the, you know, so the the idea is that a pregnant woman obviously wouldn't want to lose her muscle mm -hmm. because that's going to make it more difficult for her to carry the baby to term. Mm. Uh, and then, since she's only lost fat, you know, when the food supply returns, okay, she, she, puts the, she puts, you know, weight back on. And similarly, when you're starving but without hcg during the famine you you lose the muscle you need less calories but okay mm -hmm. then when the famine's over your body rebuilds the muscle right so you know you, you if you're trying to do it as a diet you really get nowhere because you lose the weight and, and then you put it right back on yeah but by targeting specifically the fat you can keep it off mm -hmm. and fat is really my concern you know i mean i personally uh for me it's not a cosmetic issue Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there yeah. are a lot of beautiful people who are large, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, gorgeous, but it's a health issue, yeah. you know, because fat increases your risk of every illness there is. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be healthy, you, you can't carry around a lot of excess fat. What do you think is it? I mean, it's obviously different, but, you know, like ketosis and the ketogenic diet is really is a trendy thing. Right it's now. Yeah, it's yeah. But I've also read some stuff with like it you, being used for like starving cancer cells and type that type of thing what's your opinion or yeah. your, your thought because it that? sounds like similarly right when your body is in ketosis it it uses fat for, for fuel, fuel instead of and, the sugar um yeah but it's it's also burning protein mm. okay. and so there's a it's a heavy burden for the kidneys mm. um so a ketosis diet is okay for a very short term mm. but it's not a healthy way yeah. to, live. to live yeah that's what yeah. I that's what most of what we've read i've yeah. heard especially yeah. for women it shouldn't be done yeah long term yeah <laughs> yeah and in terms of you know cancer you know cancer thrives in an acidotic environment mm -hmm. so with ketosis you're creating an acidotic environment so mm. i don't I don't that's personally so that's you don't think idea. that yeah. you want to yeah. create an alkaline environment yeah uh, in that then, situation and how do you do that yeah fruits and vegetables <laughs> yeah. right now it yeah. all just goes back to that so, and it's so i think it's so amazing because so many medical professionals 
that I know who work as doctors or nurses as I've started exploring being just reading books and being interested in talking to them about it they have no idea like not that I know more than they do by any means but I'll but mention the, but I'll mention the gut microbiome for instance and they're like oh what's that oh I, I didn't study that at all or they only took one nutrition class and that just it it's really scares me. Yeah, it really it's blows not, it's my not, it's mind. Not. So it's so amazing that as a medical doctor, this is such a passion of yours to heal people as opposed to just prescribe. Well, medicine. again, it's not even, t- uh, you know, I personally think that people heal themselves. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to help them heal themselves. Mm. Uh, my passion is really keeping people healthy. Mm. Um, and the way to do that is as we've been describing. But uh, again, uh, you know, the universe is a much better doctor than I am, so I think if I just give the body what it needs, yeah, yeah. it's going to take care of the rest. And, you know, the the greatest proof that I know of to date for that is mm. stem cells. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're doing stem cell, you know, uh, transfusions on people. And, again, I don't consider it a therapy that I'm mm. doing. I don't consider it a treatment because... We're using the people's own stem cells yeah. to help them heal themselves. So incredible. And we're seeing amazing results, not only with you know arthritis and, and things like that, but with uh, autoimmune conditions like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, people's cancers go into remission. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not taking any credit because I don't think I deserve it. It's mm. your own stem cells that it's are doing incredible. the work. Do you think, and I know this is... It's such like a, I don't know if it's a question that can even be answered, but something I think about all the time is, you know, we're so fortunate to have this access, right? To even have the ability to read a book or have the knowledge or have the time to want to take care of our bodies. And, you know, but so many people in this country, especially, and I think in the world don't have that access. Do you think the med? what do you think it's going to take for the medical community? It's like, I just think about this a lot because it is something that I think overall I'm passionate about because so much of my bad food habits came from, you know, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. And so fast food was just what we ate, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I know that's so, that's so the case for so many, so many people. people. So yeah. it's like, how do we change? I mean, again, this isn't an answerable question. I just think as someone who's passionate about healing people, it's like, where do you think we go to change, you know, like big food and big pharmaceuticals? It's like, it just, it seems so big to really make that change so that all people can live such a healthy life. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it's true. It's, it is a daunting task. Um, um, all we can do is, um, you know, it's like what Gandhi said, you know, to be the change you want to see in yeah. the world. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I do. Absolutely. I think someone too mentioned once to me, like you, you vote with your pocketbook. So like every time you spend money on like good food, yeah. every mm-hmm. time you like, cause even now it's like, there is a wellness trend that's taking over the country. Right. Where even when I go to Florida, it's like, not Florida is not necessarily like the healthiest place, you know, uh-huh. these like smaller pockets, uh-huh. you know, but, um, but they have kombucha or they have, mm-hmm. you know, they're like non GMO. And so it's, as it's becoming more popular, it starts to travel. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've, like you were saying, this country is getting sicker and sicker over mm-hmm. the last probably 30 years. Or, and chronic illness is mm-hmm. like at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And so there is going to be a response, and there's already started mm-hmm. to be a response of people trying to 
become more informed or take their health more in their own hands and not just like, you know, I see with my grandparents' generation, it's like whatever the doctor says, right. which is like, obviously I very much respect medical professionals, but I also had doctors when I had cancer to tell me that it was nothing and to ignore it. Sure. Those words verbatim. Because you were sure. 29 and healthy. And they thought it was like a cyst or something. Like it was just nothing. And it wound up being like three pretty big surgeries that mm. I had, um, yeah. where I was under anesthesia and like right. getting my back sliced open. Right. So, right. You know, so what I learned from that experience was that, like, you were saying, like, there's no better doctor than, like, God or the universe or whatever you deem that to be. But, like, you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. And there's no better doctor than you. Like, if you you listen listen, and it's really hard to listen when you are being bombarded um, with noise, bombarded with noise and also with things that don't fuel you so that it's like that voice doesn't is not as clear Mm. when when you are living on fast food because your brain and your gut and all those things aren't working as well for you. True. No, very true. Which is again, part of why, like I said, with the shape program with the, which is, you know, what I call the weight loss program, um, people do Mm. start to hear Mm -hmm. their, you know, start to listen to their body because they've just been so basically asleep for so long, having eaten that same non-nutritious food that they didn't, they thought they were fine. They didn't realize that they could actually, be fine and, yeah. and right. actually feel good <laughs> right. you know it's just like i'm okay it's like yeah but you don't have to just be okay you can actually wake up feeling good mm. yeah what but, like the new normal is you know get getting used to that yeah i wonder what um can i ask you too what is like a normal day of food look like for you like how do you <laughs> fuel your body with all of your knowledge uh well typically in the morning i make uh to my wife and mm-hmm. i uh a shake Mm-hmm. And in that, I put some almond milk and some some acai juice, maybe, and some carrots and some mm-hmm. kale and maybe some broccoli or cauliflower, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I'll put in some protein powder. I really like uh, some of these. It's not commercial plug. <laughs> Boku uh, Superfoods. Mm-hmm. It's a company that makes you know these freeze dried, basically uh, powdered vegetables and whatnot oh, cool. uh, really high quality so I'll put a scoop or two of that in some some mushrooms mm. uh, which have great nutritional value uh, mm. the mushrooms are amazing it's yeah. amazing how people think of them as these empty calories just like nothing could be farther from the truth mm. I just had a there. conversation oh. about these like really intense nutrient dense mushrooms yeah. and I actually Ever since I was a kid, like I just don't like. Mushrooms. I love mushrooms. like I don't like the taste. Well, of them. you know the beauty is you put them in the shake. Yeah, you don't taste them. And you put, throw in some, <laughs> you know, frozen. I know I am gonna frozen and berries, and, and, and you don't even taste yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And you get, you know, they're so, so good time, for you. I, yeah, they yeah. are, and but it's so they're great for your immune system too. So, but you know, so you know, by the time we leave the house in the morning, I've already had you know six servings of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, uh, then lunch. I confess, I often have a sandwich, mm-hmm. or I'll have a salad, something like that. Yeah. Um, I always have an apple mid morning. <laughs> apple a day. An apple the day. Away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and uh, for dinner, you know, we typically do something pescatorian, so mm-hmm. it's either I'll have some fish or, or a vegan type meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah. that's pretty much it. You know. That's great. No. Yeah. That's so awesome. Sounds good. So. Um, we have, we were wondering, do you, you know, you're sort of like 
I think, in in the medical field, just generally speaking, sort of on the forefront of this kind of newer thought for a lot of Western medicine doctors. Um, but do you have anybody in, in kind of the medical world that inspires you, that you enjoy reading, that um, could be friends or colleagues of yours or... Well, I mean, the one, the one, uh, uh, well, it's, uh, Dr. Grieger that does, uh, nutritionfacts.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a you know, an authority on nutrition. So I, I, I do follow him a lot. Otherwise, you know, I mean, nutrition is important and I read from various places, but again, health is much more than that, as, you mm-hmm. know, as we right. started to touch on. So, you know, I do like to read spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I try and do that every morning when I first get up. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll read stuff on, on exercise and on stretching and a variety of stuff. Um, I, and I sometimes, I admit, sometimes read crime novels. And things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's, it's all about, it's like the mind, body, spirit. You have to fuel all of you. Yeah, you, know, so. you do. You know, I call it the wheel of health um, because, un, you know, unknown to many doctors and many people these days, um, you can't ever have good health if you focus on one organ, let alone one di- one mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. organ system, let alone one aspect of health. I mean, yeah. as you were saying, you know, you yeah. gotta fo- you gotta take it all in. It's, yeah. I I use the example of the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see how they do this year, but um, well, they, I just went to a game just last night. Lakers? Did you? I did. I went to so, that. Well, again, it yeah. could be the same thing as what happened a few years ago with Kobe. You know, they mm-hmm. for a number of years they thought they could win a championship with just Kobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that work? Not so well. Not so well. <laughs> you can't win a championship. Yeah. And with health, you can't just have one superstar. You can't right. just have really good hormone levels or yeah. really good nutrition. you got to do it all. You know? Yeah. You gotta, and, um, and, but if you do, you know, even if you don't do it perfectly, the, the, but the, the, the better you do it, the better your health is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I think it really is. Like, what you do most of the time is, you know, the majority of the time is going to make the biggest difference yeah. in your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we're here, uh, you know, to have and to enjoy life. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be, you know, just this Spartan life of <laughs> being a vegan and, you know, exercising and going to bed. I mean, I think yeah. we're supposed to have fun, too. Yeah. So, you, you know. Everything in moderation <laughs> to yeah, some extent. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, thank you so much yeah, for joining thank you. us this today. Was so fantastic. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming and uh, listening. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for our listeners, where can everyone find you on the internet or um, in real life? <laughs> okay. What's your website? Um, so my website is www.vibrancehealth.com. So v v i b r a n c e h e a l t h dot com. My office is in Westlake. It's called Vibrance Medical Group, mm-hmm. and I actually just started seeing patients up in Ojai too. Oh, so awesome. I'll see patients a couple times a month up there as well. Mm-hmm. So cool. So yeah, I'd love to uh, meet anybody who's interested in hearing some more. Um, you know, we uh, we do have a number of programs of you know all geared towards improving health uh and have been fairly successful with that so i'd love to expand on that so great thank you thank you so much thank you 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.